0: Welcome to New City Church's podcast, and specifically our Faith and Mental Health series. We are a small, non-denominational church in Nashville, Tennessee, practicing the way of Jesus together. For more information about who we are, what we do, and some resources for your faith, you can check us out at newcitynash.com. In this series, we will be discussing emotions, mental health, and how they intersect with our faith. We hope this conversational format will shed some light on the intricacies of what it is to be human and to live in the already, not yet, tension of the kingdom of God. A quick disclaimer, we are not therapists, and we do not recommend that these conversations substitute as therapy. We are not experts in these topics, just people who have lived and struggled with some of these same things and have often wondered what it means for our walk with Jesus. So without further ado, let's hop right in. And welcome to our Faith and Mental Health series at New City Church. This is Trey Heyman and I'm What's up? Carly Butler. Sup? Is I guess what we're saying today. Um, today we're going to dive into the concept of joy and what scripture has to tell us about joy and also our experiences with joy and happiness. Um, so kind of fun today. So we'll start I'm out. saying crying is not fun, <laughs> not for me i don't enjoy that some people do but <laughs> some fair people enough. like that release it
1: does do some
0: things for you yeah i kind of avoid it at all costs and also fair it's fine but that's not what we're talking about today we're talking about happiness so happy tears way to bring up sadness within three seconds or happiness You're joy welcome. podcast I'm here to contribute. <laughs> okay so first question What is something that makes you happy?
1: The sappy answer would be my wife and my son hanging out with them. That's really fun. Uh, I also really enjoy if I have like a night by myself that is just like totally free to do whatever with no plans. That's amazing. Uh, That makes me happy and I really enjoy that.
0: We are so different. Um, okay. Well, for me, I was thinking like, of course, my husband also makes me happy. My dog makes me happy. But I w- I'm going to save that for my joy answer. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I think happiness. I love sugar and like desserts. And so a quick sure. fix is like baking a chocolate chip cookie and just. Mm, when it's warm out of the oven. So even the
1: process of making it.
0: Yeah, I love that. The, cool. The tactile like Yeah.
1: Yeah. That makes That makes sense.
0: Um also like going to dinner with someone or getting coffee with people mm-hmm. or I'm trying to think what else.
1: Do you enjoy going to dinner by yourself?
0: No. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I finally, like, am able to do that occasionally, if I must, in my 30s. Otherwise, Um, I'm like, I will Uber Eats. No one can see me out by myself. How embarrassing.
1: Yeah, no, I I
0: totally
1: go to eat by myself. Like, I'm on a trip or something and, like, eating by myself, I can just bring a book or sit and eat and enjoy myself and... Yeah, I'm like totally comfortable with it now, and I really enjoy it.
0: I'm more comfortable with it. It definitely doesn't make me happy. I would sure. much rather someone be there. Um, I mean, I like
1: eating people too. Like, that's fine, depending on the person.
0: I do like people. Let me yes, just say. Yes, I do. I do, but I also
1: <laughs> enjoy being by myself. Um,
0: also, like reading. I love to read. So, a mm-hmm. good fiction, a good mystery, or something like that.
1: This probably speaks more to my, like, my mental state, but I, I enjoy, like, things that make me happy. I'll enjoy reading, uh, like, I'm reading something about cults right now, and that's pretty fun.
0: Oh, my gosh. I know, I'm weird. Although, I have that reaction to you, and, like, the last couple of things, well, the last thing I read and the thing that I'm reading now, both fiction, are, uh, like, thrillery. Sure, And about, yeah. like, I like <laughs> a girl right. that goes missing, which, like... Uh, yeah.
1: It's so creepy. Sad. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very, very sad. sad. Yeah, it's not just pretty sad. It's a little sad. It's very sad. <laughs> I think I like things that make me think and understand people and just, like, get my mind. My mind naturally runs pretty, like, uh, pretty quickly, runs a lot. And so I think reading things that make me think about something different uh, or that are thought-provoking, just in general, bring me happiness in a sort of weird sort of way.
0: I feel like I'm similar but different. So, like, my mind runs really quickly as well. And I tend to, like, overanalyze things or sit in them for too long, or especially, like, past situations. So, I like the escape. And so, to yeah. me, reading a nonfiction is not escaping. It's, it's like, more, even more, like, sitting in. Because mm. I naturally just go towards, how do I apply this or think about this through situations I've sure. experienced, so. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I also really love comedies, mm. so those make me happy. Yeah, I A that. good joke. Good joke. Do you have any good jokes? Oh, man,
1: you put me on the spot. I know. Um, I well, I will say, we, we had go through the other day, which whenever this airs is much later, but we were talking about a passage in John chapter 10 where Jesus refers to himself as a uh, is a good shepherd implying that we are the sheep and I said that means that we are bad. <laughs> That's the reaction I got in group too. Okay. I got one laugh.
0: That was your joke. That's his go-to joke. The one that I can only- I wish I could remember like recall jokes way better. The one I always remember, which is real dumb, is like what did Sushi A say to Sushi B? Sushi C? wasabi because wasabi oh <laughs> nice it's dumb yeah Got it. it's Got dumb it. stop provoking apparently though so wasabi,
1: yeah
0: okay so what is something that brings you or some things that bring you joy
1: joy uh and i'm guessing are we saying that the, those two things are different yeah that's or the so, next question that's the next question so i cannot answer Yes. Um well scripture Jesus tells me the joy of the Lord. The Bible tells me the joy of the Lord is my strength. But actually though, like every really like I know I'm like joking about that, but in all seriousness, like at least in this private moment, um that is very like that verse feels very true and like resonates deeply within my soul. Uh, I know that might sound trite and but that's something that really brings me joy, like, sweet time with God, and, and I think just, and we'll talk about this later in this episode, but even just the idea that, like, it's, like, fun and enjoyable, it can be fun and enjoyable to be with God, and, like, just delighting in his presence, Sabbath, can be really fun, just, like, doing things that I enjoy and recognizing, like, that it's a gift from God, um, so whether that's, like, spending time with Anna, my wife, or our son, um, playing cards with friends, like, having a nice drink or whatever, like, all that, like, can be things that tap me into a sense of joy of, like, these are beautiful things from God, and, um, yeah, so, maybe that sounds super spiritual, but, like, that's a very real reality for work in this moment, I presently find myself, um, that I may not have been able to say a couple years ago, what about you?
0: yeah i think for me um i call these like spiritual adjacent because it's like which is short for adjacent but like um it's definitely like the lord is in these things and that's why it brings me so much joy but you know spending time with like Daniel, like us cooking a meal together and then sitting down and eating it together. I think breaking bread in general. Um,
1: You ever just like get bread and just like crumble it in front of people? You do that though?
0: I've never done that before, have you?
1: No, but if I did, that would be the use of my problems. Stop it, I'm on a roll. All right, I'm sorry for interrupting. Keep going.
0: (laughs) I have crumbled bread to make homemade croutons yum that is delicious yeah Um, or like spending time with our dog who is like the goofiest thing but it's just like these moments of joy that you can see in the creation of like even like this dog has a personality and it's so funny to watch that come out in different ways Um, and then Yeah, I think um, singing for me is a big one. Mm -hmm. So, again, just like this thing that's like deeper than the surface level act of singing a song. It's like something that connects me to something deeper.
1: Mm -hmm. When you you say singing, is it like anything in particular? Is it a worship song? Do you make up your own songs? Do you just sing about random things? Do you sing songs to your dog? Do you serenade your husband, Daniel? Like what, what? all of that describes me all of that
0: uh-huh I find myself now being
1: a dad I'd make up a lot of songs yeah a lot of them have like uh, like frozen melody <laughs> to it or they have some other melody usually occasionally I make up something new
0: yeah yeah Archie has a couple dog uh, songs for him that's my dog so um Nice. Usually those are to the tune of something else, like a musical theater song or something. Um, I won't name the song. I don't know if if we're allowed to do that or not. Surely we don't have to pay for... I don't know. I don't know. Um,
1: I said frozen, but I just mean uh, icy.
0: The cold... (laughs) Coldness. The coldness. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I make up songs. I write songs. I sing other people's songs i will sing pop songs worship songs i mean any but any hardcore heavy metal songs (sighs) that's not really my genre (laughs) i'm believing you okay (laughs) i'll uh i'll try that later good good that hip-hop combine the two yeah if you know me those are not my i'm not cool enough to be good at Mm. those those were my jam.
1: Uh, hip-hop still I wasn't more like heavy metal going up punk in particular and then ventured slightly into the realm of like heavy metal more all rock with an occasional scream but had some friends were pretty heavy to scream up so
0: yeah I did too maybe that once again
1: speaks to my um Intermental state at that particular time It was a way of expressing things that I think Internally I was feeling
0: Yeah, also that was very, very popular at that time That's true, it was A lot of my guy friends listened to that kind of stuff Yeah, but I think this
1: speaks to like Even what makes us happy Is very, can be very subjective Even though we, even with this Joyful question, right Both of us started out by some statement of like It's the Lord and things That the Lord has blessed us with Um, And our answers in some ways were pretty some similarities but like also some pretty notable differences and so the things that make you happy or joyful or whatever bring you pleasure or delight might be different than someone else and that's that can be totally okay and even good in just a way that the Lord wires us in. at least for me I think you know saying um, I like hanging out by myself even though as my wife would say I haven't met a major case of FOMO just because I also want to be with people and enjoy that um, but coming to say like I like reading I like reading non-fiction more than I typically go towards fiction being able to label the things I like and just be like yeah that's it I don't have to justify it that's just what I enjoy has been in a sense like an act of faith and a discipline for me
0: yeah it's taken me a while to like be okay with What I, I don't know. Does your inner middle schooler come out that's like, oh gosh, if someone makes fun of the thing that I like, I have to like change my answer.
1: Mm, uh, It used to more. Yeah. I think honestly now, I think part of the, and I made a joke about me making a joke about crying early on in this episode, but like through like wrestling with depression most of my life and through working um, in therapy and coming in contact with like these little (laughs) kid uh, parts within me. Uh, I have developed a very, very rich inner world. Um, and so, like those things that bring that little kid part or parts of me great delight, um, I don't know. I don't, now I don't necessarily care that much if someone thinks it's weird or doesn't think the same thing. I'm pretty comfortable with it and I enjoy it. So, I'm not really going to let you take that. From me just because you think it's weird. Nice.
0: So, yeah. That's the goal, hopefully, that we can all come to. Yeah. Now, ask me again in a week and that might change. For, <laughs> maybe
1: not a week in a year or two, but right now, that's how I feel.
0: Yeah. Um, this is not a question that I had thought of beforehand, but as you're saying this, I was just thinking about the concept of play and how it's important to play yeah. as adults. Is there something in particular that like transports you back to that childlike state?
1: Hmm. You know, I I think uh, I've been for the past couple years uh, to work out. I go to a rock climbing gym, Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
1: and I loved climbing things when I was a kid, and I always wanted to rock climb, and so whenever I got to climb a rock wall, it was super, super fun, and so there's something about that, even, that kind of transports me back to being a a little kid, or even, like, now, I mean, literally getting to watch our son grow up, who's like a year old, like, and... Lately, I've, like, been tagging him and then running away, and he thinks it's so fun. And so, like, Mm -hmm. I'm getting to kind of, like, not really play hide-and-seek, but, like, do those little kid types Mm -hmm. of things. Um, So I think play is incredibly, incredibly important. Uh, Also, there's – I'm trying to remember what the particular research is. I'm more familiar with – there's a theory of dreams uh, that talks about dreams being a way in which we play while we sleep. And play is a way in which we also practice and train and prepare for things that are to come. And so, um, you know, I mean, you can think about that with regard to, like, I mean, climbing or, like, playing house or playing whatever. It's, it's not only a way to enjoy something, but it's also a way of, like, practice with delight and fun. Um, and so I, I think play can be a really profound way in which we train and grow and celebrate. And um, <clears throat> I'm also reminded of uh, the last church I was a part of, there was someone who was, got really sick it was in the process of like um passing away and someone asked him like how's your relationship with god and they said uh my relationship with god right now is like two little kids playing together on the playground Hmm. Um, that it was this like really beautiful intimate thing um and so anyways i'll say i think play is very important (laughs) i'm
0: sorry i can't i can't you just brought this really sad thing. Sorry, we can pause. <laughs> and we don't have to pause, that was just... This is how you and I differ. Um, mm. For sure. Uh, <laughs> so funny. It's funny, it's not funny that this person went through this horrible thing, but... Or this thing that is just a part of life, but... Um that that's how you talked about play um
1: yeah i mean that's i mean it's like this play has to be a place that's safe you know like Mm -hmm. in thinking about even imagery in the bible about jesus being a good shepherd um and taking care of his sheep and rusting and playing and eating and like these types of things are very vulnerable childlike uh needs in some ways that we have may not think of play as that way but um it requires a level of Safety, even in the midst of like a lot of other things, and so I think just for me, at least personally, through wrestling with depression and anxiety and like other things, play at its best is like this really safe place in the midst of not separate from all of that other stuff. You can count
0: on me to bring the sad things. Yeah. Yeah, I. Uh- Those things have to be separate for me. Um, Not, well, I'm not. We're just going to move forward with uh, what I was thinking, which is, as you were talking about rock climbing, I was, I don't think I'd put this together before, but I swam a lot as a kid. Like, we Mm. were at the pool all the time. And so I think for me, that instantly transports me back to this childhood version. So, like, doing a handstand in the pool or... You know, even playing like a game that we used to play, you know, Marco Polo or whatever. And yeah, yeah. Uh, is a really good one for me. I think also sometimes running can be that way for me, not oh. like a "let's go for a run" kind of way, but like a "let me chase you through the yard" kind of okay. way. Okay, yeah, all right, I can see that. if you're about to say running, <laughs> I'll be like, "Yeah, we are very different." <laughs> <laughs> I used to love running. Uh, good for you. Yeah. I'm, um, yeah.
1: Good for you.
0: I don't anymore, but <laughs> sure. I used to. Good for former <laughs> um, Yeah, former me loved it. Yeah, now I think I just, I got bored with that form of exercise. Sure, yeah. Um, but anyway, I think that, I think anything that I can do creatively, um, even if I'm not good at it, like. Sure painting, pottery, or um, I think painting in general, anything that you can do like with your hands mm. or, uh, yeah, I think that's why baking that is, is like that for me. I baked a lot as a kid with my mm. Nana. And so mm. just like a lot of the concepts that I have for cooking and baking come a lot from that learning from when I was a kid, so, um, yeah. I'm trying to think what else. I feel like I'm not, I want to be better at taking time to do those things. Mm. You know, because I'm just thinking, like, the simplicity of, like, my dog. That constantly, he will never tire of bringing me something, one of his toys, to throw and then chase after and then run and bring it back.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Um, and kids can be so similar to that, you know, once they find something mm-hmm. that makes them laugh or, yeah, keep doing it. Yes. Yeah. Keep doing
1: it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Even if other people are like, why do you still enjoy this? Yeah. Keep doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's something to do that.
0: Yeah. There's... Sometimes I'll listen
1: to like, well, I did this recently. Yeah. I want, once maybe every year or so, I get back into what I liked when I was in high school, which is like punk rock music. Uh, And so classic example would be uh, like older albums by Paramore. And so I would go and jam out to those. So like not that long ago, I turned those on with Caleb and I literally, I think I danced through the whole album. And it was an amazing
0: time. I did love some Paramore. I definitely thought I was cooler than I probably was listening to that. Hey,
1: no, no judgment. You're cool because you're you. Thanks. (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah. definitely music transports you back i i mean i've heard it said that i think you always whatever you liked i think in your 20s or something is very formative to like how you still listen to music for the rest of your life interesting um it might not be your 20s but it's something like that yeah um but yeah yeah, anytime yeah anytime i go back and listen to i don't know Smash Mouth even, or like, you know. When you're with your friends, particularly, like if you're on a wedding together or something, you always go back to those jams that you used to love. everybody hops on the
1: dance floor as soon as that like classic, whatever that was for your friend. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so, a little bit deeper level. What is the difference between joy and happiness? Or is there a difference? Yeah, I think it you know it depends on
1: who you talk to. So there's some language in scripture. Uh, I'm thinking of the Sermon on the Mount, for example, if I remember correctly, uh, where Jesus you know talks about blessed is the person who whatever, hungers and thirsts for the righteousness. But there's the kingdom of heaven or something along those lines. Uh, there are ways, if I remember correctly, to translate blessed as happy uh, is the one. So people hmm. might disagree uh, on if there's a difference between joy or happiness. A lot of people that I've heard. Uh, talk about joy as like an undergirding state of being or something that you can tap into that is not necessarily dependent upon a circumstance, whereas happiness is more of like a momentary thing. Yeah. Uh, and so what some people would say is that as Christians, we're meant to be joyful. Uh, that does not always mean that we're happy and that joy can transcend or even be in the midst of sorrow and pain and all of this other stuff. Um Whereas happiness is not bad, it can be really good and beautiful, but also is more fleeting, momentary. I don't know necessarily what I think about that. Um, Because, I mean, you know, we talk about you can be joyful when you're sad. And, like, that's true, but also sometimes you just feel sad, and I think that's okay. Um, And it depends on how you define it. Like, is joy just a feeling, or is it like a state of being? Is that different than a feeling? Um, Is it. Joy is this extrinsic concept that you're tapping into the abundant rich and satisfying life that Jesus offers or the intrinsic quality that you have. Anyways.
0: Yeah, those are good questions.
1: Lots of thoughts around it because like, I always felt like I could never feel it. Mm -hmm. Never feel joy or happiness. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, then joy is different than happiness. But then I'm like, well, then what the heck is joy? You know, like, is it? I I don't know that I've heard an explanation for me, at least when I was really wrestling with depression, that like really resonated with what I felt.
0: Yeah, I think for me too, you know, we've talked in previous episodes about how ideas or concepts were presented to you in the church growing up, for those of us who grew up in the church. And joy is another one. You know, we talked about fear too and how I was very confused about the concept of like fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think joy of the Lord was similar for me because people would talk about joy in a way that I just never really understood. And I think I still carry some of that confusion with me.
1: Mm.
0: I mean, I definitely think there's a depth to joy that is different than happiness. I think what you're kind of mentioning with like fleeting or, you know, this concept, happiness is like a a present state, almost like Mm. in this moment, I feel happy. And usually you can point it back to a direct stimulus or a direct thing, I would think. But joy is more, yeah, I think it does have to be a more constant thing, Mm. um, It's the fruit of the spirit, too, right? Right. Yeah. And it's tied to hope, definitely. Same on that. I mean, for me, like, joy is knowing that, you know, sometimes literally, if you're going through something really hard and you have a knowledge that it will one day pass, Mm. um, whether that be here on the earth or future fully pass all of those feelings um or all of those circumstantial things that are devastating then the hope that 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 will one day pass the hope that mm-hmm. that jesus will one day reconcile the whole world i think to me is inextricably linked to joy mm-hmm. at least Jesus joy.
1: Yeah, I'm reminded of, um, where was it? I'm trying to remember exactly. Oh, it's in uh, John 16, uh, where Jesus is talking about this joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, so you have sorrow now, but I'll see you again. Then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. Um, and he describes it right before. It's like, it will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby and. To the world and, and of course that's not necessarily everyone's experience and there's postpartum depression and all this other stuff but I think the metaphor um, might even still work I mean still excuse the metaphor so obviously it still works you know Um, that like even in the present moment like what you said that there's a hope that this like pain comes in the night but joy comes in the morning joy is inextricably tied with like faith and trust it's the fruit of the spirit that like even while I presently feel pain even while I presently feel sorrow, mm-hmm. I trust that God is working something in uh, within me, um, informing me to who He's made me to be, and that He's coming back again to make all things right. And so those things can coexist at the same time. And what I love about this image is like everybody <laughs> knows that like labor is painful. I obviously can't know anywhere near as much as like someone who's actually gone through it can possibly know, but it's like pretty commonly understood. Labor is painful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think the metaphor also says that life ought to be understood as being inevitably, even inherently painful, at times bringing nausea, (laughs) at times like affecting people differently. Um, But like it's a very bodily ache.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, in times of darkness, in times of pain, especially if it's a period of long suffering or you know just something that is not just going to go away in one day um whatever that time frame looks like there has to be something that gets you through it there has to be something that makes you say i'm still gonna wake up tomorrow morning Uh, like Mm. something that pushes you through and gives you resiliency and um mm. helps you to keep going and so in that way i don't know that joy is always something that we're like feeling like maybe it's sure. not a state of being necessarily or maybe it's not a
1: intrinsic i say this because it's the spirit.
0: Yeah, But it, it says like,
1: I, I, and I need to do more research on this to know if this is accurate or not. So please don't quote me on this. <laughs> yeah, oh, obviously we're
0: both <laughs> to wrestling um, with it. <laughs>
1: the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm-hmm. Or the joy of the Lord is our strength. I can't remember the exact verse. Um, it is the Lord's joy that is our strength. Not my happiness mm-hmm. is my strength that I I wonder, at least for me, even in, like, dark periods or whatever, like, that what I tackle into and what I latch onto is I trust in the person of Jesus and I trust in the rich and satisfying life that he offers. Uh, It is something that the Holy Spirit produces within me. Yeah. So, I I, I don't know, I, I think for me, too, like, thinking about, like, it might not always be a feeling, but, like, I hold fast to and I trust in the person of Jesus and trust that He will make all things right. Um, and he's coming back again, and He brings great joy.
0: Yeah, I always use. I still wrestle with this verse that I think is in James, where it says, "Like count it all joy, my dear brothers, brothers when you, you yeah, encounter trials of various kinds, yes. testing
1: your faith, producing steadfastness." And...
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, that would be it. Say it faster, yes. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was funny. Yeah, I I struggle with that because it's like, what does it mean to count it joy, count it all joy?
1: Mm. I almost wonder if it's like, if you have the option when there's a trial that comes your way and you have the option of counting it as something that subtracts from your life or rather adds to something. If what the invitation is, what if actually this trial is not just a loss, but actually is an opportunity for the Lord to form something within me? Namely, it goes on to steadfastness or endurance, so that you be perfect or complete, lacking in nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That what the Lord does in that is He taps you into a deeper sort of strength and joy. To like, I don't know, almost like mental math. That's easier for me to conceptually get around. Mm-hmm.
0: It sounds really beautiful when you put it that way, but definitely sometimes, I don't know if it's even possible in the midst of certain types of pain. Hmm.
1: Sure. Yeah, this might even be the, like, if they're saying, I I think about this often in Scripture, if they're saying to count it all to weight, that implies to me that our, at least some of us, if not all of us, do not naturally Count it mm-hmm. as such, Do you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. And I think James is, in all honesty, one of those books that I wrestle with, at least New Testament-wise, the most.
1: Interesting. I love James. <laughs> so different. But yeah, that verse used to bother me, too, because I'm like, how can I, I think this? Is like.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm like, like, so I'm just supposed to be happy about this?
1: Which maybe that's the difference between happiness and joy, too.
0: Or even what you're saying in, in somehow, like, almost turning it to a positive, like, but this will produce something in me. To me, mm. like, when I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about, I'm like, well, that doesn't seem worth it to me, you sure. know?
1: And maybe that's that endurance piece, too, that it talks about our steadfastness, depending on your translation, that it will produce this um, endurance or steadfastness so that would be perfect to complete, lacking in nothing. Uh I used to swim, and I was a sprinter, for sure, not an endurance person. Um, I'm thinking of a friend uh, that we have recently met who likes running a lot, marathons, and like, makes done like an ultra marathon or something. Whoa. That sounds literally horrible to me. Yep. But if I think about the process of growing endurance, I don't know a way to grow endurance that is not inherently painful uh, and full of like your body literally like aching, mm-hmm. but you're doing it like I'm thinking of Hebrews chapter 12, uh, Jesus who for the joy set before him endured the cross despising the, sin, the shame. Like the, the shame, the like, the pain, the hurt, the sorrow are still there. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's what's so tough about any conversation around emotions is because it's so nuanced and integrated in like joy and sorrow and like, fear and anger and like all the things all together plus it's going on in your body so what's like uh going on like neurobiologically what's going on with like the neurotransmitters in your head what's going on based on diet or sleep or relationships or circumstances or um spiritual stuff like all of that is very very integrated and so i i think to just even like count it all joy when you encounter trials it does not dismiss the trials Mm -hmm. and of course there's a whole conversation on what does it mean for it to be a trial, what is a trial? Is that every pain that you experience is that a trial? And so I think there's a lot of questions just in. Yeah. In all of that.
0: I was just thinking about your running analogy because you know, especially that type of running, but any kind of running or exercise, you're pushing your body, and there is a physical pain of soreness that is causing your muscles to get stronger. So you know. Mm this is strengthening of muscle when I'm sore. There's also potential for injury. And so sometimes Whoa, yeah. when you push your body too far or too fast, or sometimes maybe you're just not even built for it, or you're, you're aging, and so your body is like, just kidding, remember that knee injury like from mm. high school? It's going to affect you now. Um, whatever whatever it is, like I don't know, there's something in that analogy that's like, yes, sometimes the pain will will make you stronger and then sometimes it does cause you to limp or make you have to wear a brace or
1: yeah no that's hmm. yeah that's very good and then also even just like that even if you are doing it right like I remember in college when I first started like trying to go to the gym more um, and work out and I started doing like leg day um, I remember trying to walk to class and my legs like I think they may have legitimately given out of <laughs> like I fell or was like really close yep. to falling. Yep. And that also can totally happen. And that does not mean that you're not like trusting in God. And, um, sometimes I think, I don't know, to use this running sort of imagery again, or sports, whatever. Um, again, like that sometimes you go through particular periods that are like pressure cookers mm-hmm. for that. Um, not saying the Lord causes that. And even thinking about, uh, this passage in James, it says, count it all joy when you count trials in various kinds We you know that the testing of your faith. So there's a lot of questions right. in there. Just, we're not doing a deep dive into that passage. Right. Um, but like, is every, you know, thing that you go through, like, uh, I think the Lord can use it and grow, grow you with it. But that doesn't mean it's like from, mm-hmm. from God, um, by any means. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. um,
0: Because later it says the Lord tempts no one. Yeah, Lord tempts no one. In James.
1: And that every good and perfect gift comes from above, even from the Father of lights, and going on from there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I also think in that running analogy, like even what you're talking about with your leg day, I'm sure as a college guy, you were not thinking about rest or recovery, Um, at least proper rest or recovery, which so many of us, i had no. to
1: walk to class so i yeah. yes yeah I, I did too yeah i just pushed myself too
0: hard yeah but did you stretch did you eat things that recharge your muscles did you sure. take ibuprofen did you you know did you ice your legs did you you know sure heat and ice um probably not if no i, I probably had could guess. have done some better
1: <laughs> better things i think i probably stretched And I don't think the day I did it, I felt like I pushed myself too much.
0: And you probably didn't, because sometimes...
1: It's like the first time you do it. Anytime, like, I mean, when I have been out of rock climbing for a minute, and I go back, like, the muscles that were pretty used to being stretched, I feel it a lot more. Like, in my forearms or my grip strength is gone. Mm -hmm. And it takes me a little bit longer to recover than when I'm in a regular, repeated rhythm. Of it, And so, like, I mean, as a practical example, I feel like walking through, like, most of my life struggling with depression, I feel like I have a lot more um, endurance now than I did several years ago. And it wasn't endurance that I wanted to get the way that I got. Sure. <laughs> I'm glad I have it now. Yeah. And I'm thankful. Um, don't wish to plan anyone, nor do I want to be that again, like, feel those things again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know I very much could. Again, Right. So, um yeah, and it's easier hindsight to be like, mm-hmm. count it all joy, like the Lord will work it together. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When you're in the midst of it, it's like, yeah, but like my legs hurt and I had a really hard day yesterday and it's hard to get up and walk. And that's real
0: and honest
1: um and true.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it looks like laying on the floor and saying like, do I believe this anymore? Mm-hmm. literally wrestling with God sure and saying like questioning and why and doubting and um sometimes people get up from that and some people don't and so I do think that that's the endurance piece that the joy has to come from a place of inner strength that can help you to stand up and maybe even just Mm -hmm. take half a step
1: yeah for sure
0: um
1: yeah, it reminds me of the importance of speaking uh, from an introvert over here, the importance of community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Hebrews chapter, maybe it's chapter 10. I can't remember exactly uh, where it, um, where it was, uh, but let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm uh, that God can be trusted to keep His promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near." Um, And then he goes on, uh, the author of Hebrews goes on later to talk about these great examples of faith who didn't see what uh, God had promised them, but kept walking in faith, often through incredible pain, incredible suffering, and did not see the fulfillment of it totally. And so it makes me think of too, even for for all of us, like part of what a community of faith is meant to do, um, ideally is that you've got different people Theoretically, who were walking through hard things at different times, and so that we also can help provide that sort of endurance and stability for people to, in a sense, hold faith for mm-hmm. one another. Um, now, our hyper-individualistic Western churches um, and just Western society doesn't necessarily know totally how to do that. And I'm still figuring out what does that um, look like. But I, I think if we talk about this sometimes with church, right? When we sing, we sing to each other, not just to God. We're holding faith in space, for one another, we rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And um, yeah, so I think too, with endurance and when people are on the floor and cry, like we need to have space in our communities where people can like, can do that. Um, and we can help walk with each other in that time. You know, when I'm coming out of a season where I just like had to exert a whole lot more strength and I may have more endurance right now, I might have a little more bandwidth to hold some of the things for you. Right. Um, and same for you, you know, when you're in a different season.
0: Yeah. If you're coming out of a storm, it's a lot easier to sit with somebody in their storm than if you're in the midst of your own storm and you need someone to sit with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a natural segue into the scripture we're looking at today, which where Jesus talks about laying down your life for your friends, um, I have a couple more questions, but we can pepper those in. Great. If we so choose. Wonderful. So we're going to be John chapter 15 and 16. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. And here's the torch. Great. Passing it to you. (laughs) Okay, we'll edit
1: this part out, I guess. Ouch! Uh... I'm just feeling slightly awkward, so we can just edit this a couple seconds out. <laughs> um, what verse was it?
0: Um, Well, John chapter 15, we were Roman. looking at, you know, specifically, I think, yeah, the vine imagery. Uh, yeah, And then also the second part of it, 12 cool. through 17.
1: Great. Yeah, so uh, John chapter 15 uh, opens up with Uh, In the Gospel of John, Jesus uses these I am statements where he is tying, it's like a self-revelation of who God is. Like you want to know who God is, look at Jesus. He's tying it back into Exodus imagery where God reveals himself um, as I am or I will be. And he's saying I am. So he's tying himself into that. And here he says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. Um, And it goes on to talk about uh, I am the vine, you are the branches, remain in me. I'll remain in you, and there's so much wisdom to be talked about in that. Um, one fascinating thing, I was talking to somebody a while back uh, <laughs> who lived in Greece, and the New Testament, uh, like this was written in Koine Greek, and the word that's used for remain or abide is a word, if I remember it correctly, meno, which people in Greece, according to my friend, would say that is a way to say where they live. Still, like I meno in Athens, it's where I live. And so to remain in, in Christ is saying, like, I live, I dwell no matter where I go. Um, think of Psalm 23 language. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so going on into that, Jesus uh, later on in the chapter talks about, I have loved you as the Father has loved me. This is uh, verse 9. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. In other words, uh If you want to talk about dwelling or abiding in the presence of God, that implies or means that you are doing the things that he says. You spend time with him, but it affects the way that you live. Uh, And then he says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay one's life down for one's friends or to lay down one's life for one's friends and you are my friends if you do what I command. It goes on to say that you're my friends. Um, And uh, there's, I mean, obviously so much that we could unpack uh, in that, but there's this parallel uh, between if you want to tap into the joy that God offers of like abiding in his presence, being with Jesus, uh, becoming like him and uh, doing what Jesus did to obey his commandments. And I I think sometimes, I mean, at least for me, uh, growing up, I think my perception was that doing a lot of the things that God commanded was not enjoyable. It was this, like, do what God commanded, and it's kind of going to be awful because you don't want to do it. But that was kind of the undergirding, like, Mm -hmm. um, assumption. But what Jesus portrays here is, like, you want to tap into this deep joy? Do what I say to do. You know, to go back to that um, imagery we were using before of, like, uh, running or like an athlete or whatever not that this is the metaphor jesus is using here but like a good coach will even instruct you and tell you hey do these things so that you can get better and sometimes you're like no
0: mm-hmm. like
1: that sounds odd. what in the world does this drill have to do with me becoming who i'm like who i want to be performing how i want to perform whatever um and jesus is saying here the things that i said to you to do to implement into your life uh, to love your neighbor, to pray for those who persecute you. These things are actually meant for your good. Um, and do these things, and even later, it talks about the world hating you. Even then, um, like your joy will overflow, like not just a little bit, but like will pour out of you. And that's pretty powerful.
0: Yeah, I, I mean. We're also reading through the Bible in two years at our church. And Mm so we're right now reading a lot about David's story in the Old Testament and um, also kind of reading in John. So it's like paralleling almost for me this life that, you know, we get a lot of stories about David and who he was. And a lot of the Psalms that David writes will say things like, I delight in the law of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so this idea that, you know, for even as you're saying that it's so relatable to think like these laws must have been terrible or like even now, like what God asks me to do is like terrible and not fun. And it's a lot of do's and don'ts, but it's really like for David, who lived in the midst of this law, he delighted in it. So what does that mean? And then for us like Mm -hmm. to delight in the Lord, And to delight, you know, we know the Lord delights in us as his children. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, there's something in that, I think, too, because, I mean, even Jesus is talking here about his commandment, which is that you love one another as I've loved you. And so his command is to love.
1: Yeah. Which, how does he describe love, right? (laughs) It's laying down one's life for one's friends
0: self-sacrificial
1: self-sacrificial right not like love so that they give you yeah all this love by giving of yourself and that's how you find joy
0: yeah i think that's why i thought it was a natural segue from what you were talking about with friendship because Mm -hmm. it's like do we do this like what is a friendship like that actually look like and have i seen that fully
1: yeah especially where both parties right are like giving and loving with that mentality and we're humans right so like i imagine there's different seasons where different people take on sort of sure uh have more to give right we fail Um, at
0: that sure
1: but yeah i mean I, i think i don't know i think about this with nashville too and it's probably true in a lot of places uh, but we live in such an individualistic society, and then even in Nashville and other places it's such a such a networking society mm. uh, and I, I know when I went to uh, Belmont University, I had friends who were in you know music industry or seeking to become uh, musicians, songwriters, whatever, and that was something that sometimes they would struggle with. It's like what is even the balance with networking, which can be good, but networking can be uh, more so about knowing people for what they can do for you. Mm-hmm. Um, making connections for what they might offer you. Whereas self-sacrificial love, like Jesus is talking about here, seems to be more not about what they offer you at all. Love them is I have loved you. Yeah. And for God so loved the world. Not because they offered him a lot. <laughs> we bring him to light, but like, yeah, it's very different and I think our it's it's nice in theory but hard in practice to live that out like what does it look like for me to love my friend or even like even my wife or whatever like not just for what they offer but fully just because they are made in the image of God and God deeply loves them and to lay down my life um, which Jesus obviously like literally laid down his life but most of us that probably won't be the case but what does it look like to lay down my preferences my wants my desires my uh my opinions even for the sake of the flourishing of another person. And Jesus doesn't just say for your singular friend, for your friends.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, we're kind of, at least you and I are kind of steeped in this like communal idea. Sure. And what that means for the church, but I say steeped, not that we're great at it, but that we're learning about it, right? And so um, it is really hard to imagine what that kind of love and what that kind of friendship looked like even then, when it was a life or death situation Mm -hmm. for most of them. Um, Really, a lot of scripture, it's life or death, right? We see like, even David and Jonathan's relationship tested by um jonathan's dad's sure ill will towards david and so um i do think a lot of it though is this idea of simple living and so i do i really Mm. do think that it's really hard to be that way when we live in a comparison world and Mm. a lot of what Social media or our phones are like they're meant to distract us, they're meant to keep us wanting. And even like in our consumeristic society, consumeristic is that word? Society where it's we're constantly being marketed to, like, sure, and told, like, you will not be satisfied until you have X, and then yeah. once you have X, you will not be satisfied until you have Y. Uh-huh. And so it's just it's not only countercultural I don't know it's it seems even more countercultural now yeah yeah yeah
1: it's very counterformative. too. yeah to like that we've been you know we talk often about how we've been formed and shaped by really everything the culture that we're around the people we're around the books we read the tv shows the movies the mall the amazons all of that that mm-hmm. portrays a certain message right that is very individual individual oriented mm-hmm. and consumeristic and all of this stuff and so we read this uh and this is even i feel like seems harder for us because we have been formed in the opposite direction and so it's more about what i get than about giving mm-hmm. um ironically it's giving actually starts with the recognition that you've been given to greatly by god mm-hmm. um but yeah it's uh it's counterformed. so we don't start on like a neutral playing field So we have to move from this, like, it's just about getting primarily, even our relationship with God, you know, which is, you know, true things. Like, pray and you get to spend eternity. Pray this prayer, you get to spend eternity with God, whatever. Uh, You know, you trust in the Lord with all your heart. Um, You get the fruit of the Spirit if you walk in His ways. Uh, Follow Him and you can find more peace and joy, you know, and comfort in the sorrow. You know, all this stuff is all, tends to be very, like, individual heavy. And so, and about what I get. And so this is saying, actually, how you tap into this joy is through obeying him, following him, and also through laying down your life for one's friends. It was communal. And so we're not starting in neutral. We're starting over here on one side. And God is inviting us to be really trained and formed and shaped and move into the other direction. And so I think the tension is, like, how do we live here in the, like, I know this is what we're meant to do, but I'm not there yet. And on the flip side, like, or related to that, also having grace for yourself. To know that you're starting over here don't expect that you're going to be you know fully communal next week um but it will take going back to the working out imagery it will take getting your legs sore and like working it out to be able to do that and especially when you start like trying to embody it and not and not everybody that you're trying to embody this like laying down your life too is going to do the same thing back and that was jesus right like lay down his life for the sake of the world. And not everybody responded yeah, to it in like a, yes, I'll follow you way.
0: I'm about to say something really bold. Okay, do it. It feels bold to me. Other people might be like, that's it. But I don't, we cannot have this until we lay this down.
1: Ooh. And for those listening, lay the phone down.
0: Yeah. Oh, right. You can't see it if you're listening. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. We can cannot have what Jesus is talking about here unless we lay our phones down. explain what you mean. I mean, how many times have you been at a lunch with somebody and either you get a phone notification or you get something on your watch or they do, you stop to text, you stop to quickly, like you are, you cannot be fully engaged with someone when you're also communicating with someone else. That's not even there. Hmm. And that's not even to say all of the social media or like how many times have you been in a room and one person picks up their phone and so everyone else does and you're all sitting on your phone staring at the screen. Like I can can point to like even in my family alone, like I have a ton of cousins on my mom's side. And so like whenever our families got together when we were younger, we didn't have smartphones. And so Mm. we were, you know, literally it was just about, Being in each other's company, whether that, you know, there were obviously like fights and joys and all of the things. But like now it is such that every single person in the room has a phone. And so it's like one person is on their phone and then everybody's on their phone and you sit in silence. And so it's like this thing that you've come together to do, you've literally traveled for. Sure. And this is just this one example, but it happens constantly. Yeah. Everybody is on their phone How can, you, how can you feel present? How can you feel engaged? How can you feel connected when parts of you are completely disconnected? Yeah, it's
1: this illusion of connection. And this is so much tied with joy and happiness. Uh, there's a book, I can't remember if I've referenced it on here before, but I've certainly referenced it in life for a while. Uh, it's called Thrilled to Death by Dr. Archibald Hart. To be honest, I haven't read the whole thing. But um, the thing that stuck with me is there's this thing called anhedonia, which is the inability to experience pleasure. Typically, that was associated with people who were depressed or struggled with depression, walking through difficult things, the inability to experience pleasure. But his premise was uh, that we as a society have become thrilled to the point of death, that we've been so constantly stimulated that we've lost the ability to experience pleasure. He ties this in with... uh, basically what happens to us when we are stimulated, which um, when you're stimulated in a pleasurable sort of way, it's a dopamine release in your brain. And increasingly you need more and more and more and more of that to release, to to get the same level of happiness. And because in our constant constant stimulation, particularly with our phones, uh, we get notifications, which initially brought us a dopamine hit. Now we need more and more and more and more. So when you first got a phone, If you had one friend that followed you and you liked each other's pictures, I guess even before they didn't even have like buttons, but you just had a friend on there, like this is really cool. And then you start getting more and you need more and more and more and more and more. And so it leads us to this inability to experience joy, uh, pleasure, delight. And so, yeah, I don't, I think like you're saying, I mean, quite literally on like a biological level, I think it, yeah, it's pretty much impossible to experience joy or delight, or even just like this positive dopamine release in your brain to the way that I think we're meant to uh, without putting down stimulation and even allowing ourselves to enter into boredom. And by entering into boredom and quiet and stillness, not that those are the same thing, they're not, um, but entering into that and dealing with the dark and hard things uh, that you don't want to deal with, that's actually can be a pathway into joy, um, not through avoidance.
0: Yeah. Or putting it down and delighting in the people that are in your presence. Yeah. You know, I I, how many times have you had a conversation with someone and they say, hold on. And you're in the middle of saying something and they're texting somebody or emailing somebody. Like even with your work, like you are constantly You know, I, I get frustrated a lot of times because it's just like there's so many ways people can like get a hold of us now without our permission, almost. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So not only text messaging, but we have all these apps that are also messaging. And we have mm. our social medias where people message you and or comment on your post. Or, you know, how many social media influencers have you seen publicly wrestle with what it means for somebody to cyber bully you or to just say whatever they want to say and then you see it you're a real person um there's so much in this that's like we've forgotten how to just sit with people and leave the phone at the door Mm. or in your car like how it even makes me cringe to think about it you know like what is it
1: yeah
0: how do we how it has to take real, real intentionality and uncomfortableness to be like, Hey, I have a basket by the door. Would you mind putting your phone in it?
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And mine will also be there. Uh huh. And I'm not going to wear my Apple Watch during dinner. And I'm not going to, or whatever, you yeah. know?
1: Yeah. And to be, I mean, to be clear, too, I mean, obviously, like, we're using technology to record all this stuff. So, like, it's not that they're inherently bad although sometimes i think maybe <laughs> um
0: no but there are real people behind y- yes those that are are using notifications dopamine levels all of those things to get you to stay more on yeah the technology i've heard it said
1: with social media that uh you are the product that people are after yes they quite literally they the, the algorithms even based around getting you to spend more time on said platform and so advertisers whoever like they want to have a hook. They want to get you to stay on it. And, and I get it. Like I don't, I don't know that all of that's like inherently wrong, but it is something for us to be aware of, that they're aiming to buy us. I'm going to remind it of John chapter 10, uh, where Jesus says that the thieves' uh, purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy, and that his purpose is for the sheep to have a rich and satisfying or abundant life. And so part of the question with discipleship and joy and all this stuff is like, what are the things that are aiming to steal and kill and destroy the life that God has given you? Or means to give you. Are you even aware that they're promising you life, promising you happiness, promising you uh, influence, promising you something? Are you aware at what cost? Like at least be aware.
0: Yeah, and they say that Mm -hmm. sitting is the new smoking. And so like we're sitting. Like, I mean, we have a lot of heart disease issues and things from just people not getting up. Sure. But these devices are kept are meant to keep you sitting and looking and at your desk mm. or watching TV or binging or yeah, you sure. know, we just have, we have to be aware. It's not that it's bad like inherently bad, but like just passively letting it happen is is going to affect us. Yeah.
1: You were being formed and shaped by things, by someone, by something, by some things period are you being formed and shaped into the person that you think you're meant to become
0: mm-hmm.
1: even outside of a christian perspective like are you aware of what is shaping you and is it shaping you into the way into the person that you think you were even meant to become I'd argue the person you're meant to become is someone who is loves the lord your god with all that you are and loves your neighbor as yourself a person of love filled with the holy spirit follows jesus um, and jesus here makes a promise that if you follow him you will find a rich and satisfying life.
0: Yeah,
1: That's not like all happy and easygoing and fun all the time, but it's like follow him even into the self-sacrificial love. And even when you walk in uh, through suffering, Psalm 23 talks about like, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. Um, like even then, like the, the Lord is with you and he's forming you and shaping you into who you're becoming. Um, who's forming you? Who's shaping you? Who's coming up with that stuff? Because um, someone has.
0: As a side note, I think we should do a segment on here that says that's Trey speaks fast scripture and see how fast you can say it. Great, got it. <laughs> <laughs> You're so quick at it, which I get tongue tied very quickly. So, mm. but anyway, yeah, it's and it's so it's so hard. I mean, maybe you don't even believe this stuff. Maybe you're like, okay, all of this, what are you even talking about? Like, this stuff being like what Jesus says. Like, maybe maybe that's not desire to live a life that is pleasing to him.
1: Yeah. (laughs) How's your life working
0: out? Yeah. How is it, you know, these concepts of abiding and slowing and being with other people Mm -hmm. and loving other people, like – you know, those are good, good things. I think most people would say those are good things, and so yeah,
1: <clears throat> yeah. We've been reminded of uh, verse talks about be still and know that I am God. I am slow. There you go. Um,
0: that was a good one to do, like the slow. Yeah,
1: yeah. be still and know that I am God. For a lot of us, because we are so constantly stimulated. When we are still, because I remember this when I first started trying to be still, as I was trying to work through some sin issues in my life, it was actually really hard and really uncomfortable and really dark and scary and uh, sad and all, like nothing really, not many things that were enjoyable. I just knew that's what I needed to do. Um, How many of us can honestly say that in the stillness, we actually can tap into knowing that he is God. Because I think part of what Jesus offers is with this rich and satisfying life that you actually, with people, you can tap into his love and know that he is God. But also in the stillness and the quiet and the no one's around, you're not on your phone, you're nowhere near any of it. You can know that he's God and that he's good At a deep core level of that's a different message than what society as a whole, at least like the systems that are offer us.
0: Yeah. I think what you're talking about is like peace, like coming mm. to inner peace and external peace in a lot of ways. Like I'm just thinking like something that brings, definitely brings me joy is just slow mornings with coffee and mm. no Instagram and no news and no other things but just sitting and maybe conversating with Daniel or um, or just sitting with scripture and and then talking about it with Daniel you know like those things yeah. are so much better like I know at my gut level and I feel so much better when those are the types of things I'm doing yet I am so pulled towards technology and picking up my phone and it's so hard to combat those things even when you're actively trying to combat Mm -hmm. them it sounds so
1: idealistic
0: yeah yeah that
1: sounds great to slow yeah that sounds great to put away my phone like I have to work a lot yeah you know I have I mean, like we have a baby you know who keeps us busy which ironically that helps me be a whole lot more present and in the moment yeah. Generally speaking, but yeah, it's so once again, counterformative that we're really heavily being tugged in the other direction and it will naturally feel incredibly uncomfortable venturing into it. So what, um, what are some practices that you have found to be helpful into walking into what Jesus has for you, a rich and satisfying, abundant life, uh, practices that cultivate a posture of joy?
0: yeah so i think um practicing celebration is Mm. a big one like birthday parties can be celebration or uh gratitude and so um i think that's something we often don't talk about which is that i mean there were so many festivals and feasts and things that the the lord like told his people to partake in and Um, and we don't do that anymore. We don't, you know, at least my culture doesn't do that. I'm not saying no one does any, you know, not anyone does that. But, um, celebrating in terms of just like, again, just breaking bread with your friends or, um, you know, maybe having a glass of wine with a friend and just talking to them on the back porch Mm. or, uh. Celebrate, celebrating life together and celebrating other people's wins mm. and, you know, being happy for the things that maybe somebody's longed for for a long time. And then when it happens, like actually popping some confetti or, you know, like yeah, if
1: that brings people, if that brings them joy and not stress <laughs> for cleaning. But
0: yes, bring a broom if you bring do. Bring a it. broom. Bring yeah. it up for him. <laughs> <Or> a dustbuster. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I mm. think um I think that 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 and the practice of gratitude and recognizing the blessings that you have been bestowed and actively maybe journaling about those things or writing them down even at the end of the night can give you a peace mm. of mind that Almost nothing else will.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Remember As you're talking about celebration, there's a passage in Deuteronomy 14 uh, where it says, Now when the Lord your God blesses you with a good harvest, the place of which we chooses for his name, uh, to be honored might be too far for you to bring the tithe. But then he goes on to say, When you arrive at this place, you may use the money to buy any kind of food you want, cattle, sheep, goats, wine, or alcoholic drink. Then feast there in the presence of the Lord your God and celebrate with your household. Like, celebrating is like, I mean, literally right there. I mean, some of that might make some of y'all uncomfortable hearing that this is also in in Scripture. Um, You know, I mean, for some things you can be overly indulgent, but there's also a sense in which, like, feasting in the presence of the Lord is, like, just full of delight. And I'm reminded of a story um, in the Gospel, I think in in maybe John chapter 2, where Jesus turns water into wine at the beginning of the party. But turns it into the best wine at the end of the party, and they make a deal about it because normally you don't bring out the best wine at the beginning or at the end, so you bring it out at the beginning. Uh, my working theory is because people won't notice uh, if you bring out the good wine uh, later on. But Jesus like kept the party going, celebration, um, and and I think for me like that practice is so helpful, uh, celebrating other people, and then also realizing like it's good to just like celebrate small things to enjoy things like if you like having a dance party like randomly having a dance party with friends with your spouse by yourself with your dog like whatever you know whatever the thing is do those things that bring you the light i think so much of uh my understanding of of god has been shaped through like depression and anxiety and other stuff and then also a narrative that was like surrender everything to god and like want god more than you want any of this other stuff which is true Uh, But I think, for me, it was a harder time to realize, like, God does actually, like, want us to celebrate and, like, delight and have fun with friends. Like, and that's actually really, really beautiful and good. Um, And so, for those of you that might struggle with depression or anxiety, too, like, think of what are some of those things that may have used to bring you delight or enjoyment? Maybe it's different now. Like, do some of those things. As long as they're not, like, you know, sinning or something. But, like, do some of those things as an act of worship. Like, Sabbath is another practice for me that is, like, aimed about the lighting in the presence of the Lord. Um, which isn't just reading my Bible and praying. It's, like, doing things that are fun and enjoyable. Practices of gratitude. Um, anytime that you feel bad. Like saying a couple of things you're thankful for. I did that for a while, and I still felt really bad, but I certainly saw the things as being really uh, delight bringing.
0: Yeah, it's not necessarily to fix it; it's just to say, like, also this. Like, can I mm-hmm. hold both? That's good. Yeah. And you know, I think about my a period of long suffering that I had and grieving, and somebody wise told me, like, you are going to have to make yourself. Go do things that are fun. Yeah.
1: Isn't it weird that we have to be told that? But I get it,
0: like not really. And I mean it is, but not when you go through something like that. I mean because it's all consuming and it's (laughs) you have to do something that also allows you to experience the goodness of life and Mm. the joy of life. Um, so, I mean, that's different for everybody, what that might look like. Sure. Um, yeah. But sometimes, even if you don't feel like, I mean, you might not, you might get there and feel like, I don't really want to be here, but you still do it because it... Yeah. Can you,
1: can you explain how that's different from, like, just putting on a mask or, like, a face? So, I, I'm, I'm asking, like, I'm asking for younger me who was, like, uh, really depressed and going into a room where everybody's celebrating and, like, trying to be happy. Oh. Can you explain, like, how does that look different for you?
0: Yeah, I don't know that I would have wanted to walk into a party at that point, but if I went to a fancy dinner with just my husband and I, and we just enjoyed the food. uh, So, like, it can look different. Yeah. That's helpful. Or maybe it is, like, I'm just going to go, you know, we're going to plan a trip to Disney World if that's fun for you. Or go to a theme park for the day. Or uh, maybe it is – you know doing a high ropes course. I don't know what the thing, your is. thing is. Yeah. That, that's helpful. Yeah, it's not like I'm going to go pretend like you definitely don't want to put yourself in a position where you feel like you have to be something for someone else. It's huh. the practice is for you, not for mm. the benefit of others in that circumstance. Sure. So yeah. That's um, helpful. Yeah. So maybe the fun thing is just, I'm going to go walk around at the farmer's market and I am going to get the donut that I love there. I would hear things like, and I think
1: I've said things before, like that you act yourself into a way of feeling, Mm. Uh, which part of me still is like, there's some truth in that, but the flip side is also like, yeah, I mean, there's like some stuff like when you smile a lot, like it doesn't sense for you. Uh, But the flip side, (laughs) the flip side is like, that also doesn't necessarily fix your problem. Like, when I was, like, saying three things that I was grateful for all the time, like, that didn't change the fact that I still was, like, depressed and, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: having panic attacks. But I certainly, I love, like, Jesus. And so I was, like, super thankful for, like, I was like, these are gift from God. Like, this is amazing. Um, and, and so I think perhaps, like, what even you're getting at is just, like, if you are really in a dark place, allow yourself in the midst of the dark place also to feel joy. Mm-hmm. Or happiness, or pleasure, or delight. Don't beat yourself up about it. If you do the thing and it doesn't happen, it's a practice. Meaning it's not perfect. Right. That um, you're growing into it. And the things that you used to like, especially with depression, often is associated with like, like a lack of energy, and it's like really hard to just get out of the bed and do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and things that used to sound fun don't sound fun anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like allow yourself to be happy, which also means that you have to allow yourself to be sad (laughs) too um and to allow those things to even coexist and if you feel happy in a really dark time like i shouldn't feel happy it's okay like allow it to allow it to come
0: Mm -hmm. because you can't you can't sit in it constantly you can't sit in pain and sadness constantly either on the flip side of yeah, that yeah it's thing. very yeah it's not fun
1: for, for sure yeah
0: and so if the only way you can somewhat break that is i'm gonna mm. get up and play a song that i know i love that's a win you know
1: yeah. or hang out like you said with somebody that knows you yeah knows what you're walking through or you're just walking through it with you uh-huh. um, on a very personal level like you don't have to put on a face they know they're with
0: you yeah Maybe it's going to a comedy show and just laughing at something dumb for a while.
1: Yeah. But I had run that sent me dark memes when I was really struggling and for some reason, I don't know if I find them super funny now or if I would <laughs> recommend them. I don't remember well enough to know, but like, they were one of the few things that could make me laugh at that time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, celebration, feasting also is another practice. Um, uh, you know, diet does play a lot into how you're feeling in your body and all this stuff, but like, also, like if food is something that makes you happy and you're really, really wrestling with depression or anxiety, it's not bad to, like, listen to my opinion, to go get like a cheeseburger and fries and a milkshake if that like makes you feel happy.
0: Mm. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Sounds delicious. Like sometimes I just needed
1: that. I yeah. tried to do like a strict diet thing when I was in the midst of really bad depression and it was hard, but I think. Can- what i didn't realize it was hard because i was really depressed and food was one of the few things that was like oh man this is great i mean if you couldn't tell by me saying i was like jesus are from god
0: (laughs) i yeah i get that i mean when you are operating out of a place of scarcity restricting yourself from something further is probably can be more harmful than yeah, depending on what it is yeah some
1: things are bad (laughs) sure like, they'll go and drink like a ton and get drunk, you know. Like, if you're sad, like yeah, you know? we're not talking about substance abuse, but <laughs> <Sure>.
0: um, <laughs> fair enough. But it might not be the time to do whole 30, you know. It might not be the time yeah. to do, oh, is that what that's you did? Exactly oh my gosh, I didn't mean it as in like you, <laughs> no, I, mean, I think you're, you're right, yeah. It yeah. might not be the time, e- yeah, even to, to practice fasting i mean there are there are seasons for things maybe fast from
1: social media you know like
0: yeah i mean
1: yeah i know yourself and this you know where holistic care is important and knowing yourself and like maybe it is your diet and you need to change it and that will help um right th- this that's why celebration and feasting and like gratitude these are all like kind of flexible practices right. that can manifest differently for each person right. even as we talked about before like the things that bring us the light would be different. Yeah. Um, there's some overlap, um, and that's okay. So right. be okay with if you're sad, or also some of y'all like, aka me, <laughs> like be okay if something like makes you happy
0: mm-hmm.
1: or brings you joy. It's not simple.
0: Right yeah you don't want it to be like i mean a lot of people have things with food that like might actually cause self-hatred to like sure. maybe in the See, moment it will feel good to eat a cheeseburger and then you're gonna like really hate yourself for forever um yeah or the rest of the day or whatever that's maybe not healthy in that situation so you you do have to know for yourself like what will be a healthy outlet yeah we'll say self-awareness and yeah
1: um, yeah, it's the tension of like, you don't want to just chase happiness. It's like the thing that's your end all be all because if you're constantly chasing it, you will never find it or it will be constantly fleeting and you'll have for moments and then you'll be perpetually disappointed. Uh, but also on the flip side, you do have to like, because you don't have to, it's good for you to allow yourself to like f- feel happy and have practices of celebration. Um, where you can, like, say, like the psalmist says in Psalms 23, that uh, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And he says that right after talking about uh, the Lord preparing a table for him in the presence of his enemies and uh, walking in the valley of the shadow of death. Like, all those things can and do coexist.
0: Just bringing it back full circle, I have to stop myself from just singing when you say certain things that remind me of songs. So, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. very country of you. Yeah, that was a country version of it, but nice. I don't know why I chose to sing it that way, but these and are the type of things that, that reminds
1: you much. to life. You know,
0: <laughs> it would break a lot. It would make a lot more interruptions than in our. In our conversation, so I'm not gonna do that. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> also, I don't know the co- copyright infringements for some things.
1: That's true. That's true. We don't
0: want to pay for anything. <laughs> we don't One out pay for of five listeners <laughs> that might report us. Yeah. Fair Just enough. kidding. Um, um. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, well, okay, do you have any lasting thoughts or actually? What is one thing you could do today to practice joy or to celebrate?
1: Um, that's a great question. Thank you. Really wonderful question. Um, I think uh, for me, either having uh, a beer or a glass of wine sounds really nice today. All right. So, yeah, that sounds really delightful.
0: Okay. Love it.
1: Yeah. What about you?
0: Hmm. I asked this question and had no answer in mind. So there you go. But um, I think spending time, so we just moved in our new house and getting some more things settled and dreaming about different rooms and what I want sounds mm-hmm. really fun and celebratory for like the space that we have been gifted.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful. Hey, well, uh, thank you all for tuning in for another episode of our Faith and Mental Health series. Uh, We hope this was helpful. If you have any questions about faith and mental health, feel free to uh, email us or DM us on social media. And who knows, your question could spark a podcast, which would be pretty cool. But hope and pray you have a wonderful day and that you do something that sounds fun
0: today. And celebratory and celebratory. Amen. Bye, guys.